All right, hello and welcome everyone. This is Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name's Will Pop. I'm joined by Trinity. And uh, before we get started, as usual, here's a quick disclaimer. Nothing you hear on this show is going to be financial advice. We're going to be talking about NFTs, art of NFTs, the platform FX Hash. You know, these are financialized products. They all come with some kind of trade value. We have to speak to that, but it's not financial advice. And uh, just enjoy and try to have fun listening to the show. And yeah, that's the disclaimer. Now the show has started. Trinity, how's it going? It's going well. I'm actually happy to see we're recording this on a Friday morning, nice and early before work. Before work. It's kind of cool to have like an extra like bit of time off with like the slightly rotating schedules. Mm -hmm. It's going to get weird though. It's going to get weird in the coming weeks as, as these windows continue to shift, I think. And, you know, I, I think the way it ended up happening, we're probably like one cycle short this week in terms of what we're covering. Right. We've only got that, that feels we've only right. got five yeah. cycles here. I, I did the math and it was only five hundred and thirty total drops. That's yeah, only only five hundred and thirty, which is which is maybe on the low end. It's averaging just over a hundred per day or per cycle. Um so actually maybe maybe that's normal, but it's just the absence of like a six a sixth cycle for us to cover. Um yeah, I mean there was some big news this week. We, I think we're going to get to it probably after we cover the drops, but obviously the more formal announcement and rolling out of the DAO and the mm -hmm. FX hash token, you know, which is not its final name, um, from Ciphered and kind of the plans for post beta. So I think we should definitely talk about that. Anything, anything else? I mean, I think that's like the really big thing. I thought that there was a lot of interesting, like, conversations around some of the specific drops this week you know you know with toxi you know went off on like pfp projects again right. or things that are not like hardcore generative art uh, which isn't always an interesting conversation to look at um, i always feel that when toxi has like a 14 tweet long thread i always learn something new right like about Gen art, the history of gen art. Um, I don't always agree with everything that he's saying, but I really respect where he's coming from and his very professional opinion. Um, very learned. Right. Opinion. I mean, I think people, I don't think anyone argue, would argue that the opinion is not professional. People might argue about the professionality of the way the opinion is, is given sometimes. That's what yes, exactly. Um, you know, it actually kind of relates to me to, you know, what last, last week's episode when we talked about Pricing in general, you know, Sh Shivan Boulder's kind of removal of the project from the site, um, it, you know, really right as we were recording that episode, he posted an enormous post into general chat on Discord that I think has some parallels to what Toxie was talking about here, too. Yeah, they're very, like, together in my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, they both represent, like, like historic generative art. You know, they have an opinion they've both released across multiple platforms like before nfts even existed right. you know and so like there's a lot of knowledge and history there and so it's interesting to kind of see that world kind of like mesh with you know fx hash for example where anybody can release anything as long as you are using some sort of randomized component. right as long as you're using the fx rand uh function to as in some way to to randomize your work or generate it, you can release it here and produce more than one random. Right. Pick Although also as... interestingly, I guess 
there was that announcement yesterday that there's going to be some more strict enforcement of rules about how yeah. you how you classify your work and if it if it really is just image swapping and layering then you need to be more explicit about that in release um so yeah interesting i mean this is i think something the community has been asking for for a long time and you often see new people jump in buy a project and go hey how come no one else is buying this it does it looks really cool to me and then the answer is always like it's just images layered and they go oh i didn't realize that and it's kind of one of those things that you have to learn you can kind of spot it after a little while but but fundamentally it's like if you like it you like it you know like it's it's it doesn't necessarily need to speak to the you know the complexity of the code you know like this is like a whole other side rant that we don't necessarily need to get into but Mm -hmm. i mean that's where it's you know, gen art truism versus like things that people enjoy because we always recommend like if you don't like a project, don't buy it because you don't want to be stuck with it and like with loss of liquidity, right. for yeah. example. I, you know, my, maybe we can cover this more in the future, but my, uh, my really, really short take on it is I do feel like there are a lot of projects that get released on FX hash that fall into this category where I go, why was this released on FX hash? Why not? just do some curated one of ones or, you know, multiple editions on another platform. Like FX hash is kind of for this specific thing. And I, we're starting to see maybe because of the popularity of the site, I don't know, or because discovery is a lot easier at FX hash. We're seeing people put projects here that don't quite fit the spirit sometimes. Right. And and it makes, yeah. I mean, I think that that's where if there were other platforms that were both as easy to use as easy to find things and also had like that, easier integrated selling platform Mm -hmm. like both from primary and secondary then you might see part some of that like dissipate like i think that's what like object or henner's was kind of like supposed to be yeah but you know the user experience on those is let's let's just imagine a world where the search bar on object actually worked and how how good that site would be um i I can't (laughs) i think like the first time you showed me the site i was like what the hell i've never actually immediately closed the tab have not gone back since well Probably to my detriment, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, how do you feel? Should we get into our favorite mints? I, I, I uh, realize I forgot to actually plug our Twitter and stuff. So may I do that real quick? Plug the Twitter, then we'll talk about our favorite right. mints. So yes, please, you know, if you want to support us, one of the one of the best and freest ways for you to do that is to follow us on Twitter at waiting to sign. And that's going to be in the show notes as well um, for you to find the spelling. You know, just engage with us. Uh, share our tweets, you know, share out the link, help us get discovered. You know, we'd love to grow the show even more than we already have. It's been great so far. And if you're feeling especially generous, you can of course donate to our waiting to sign wallet. And with that being said, all right, Trinity favorite mints of the week. Probably one of my favorite mints of the week was Rose Jackson's Estrella's loom which was medium hyped. It came out, I think, on Monday, which was a really big day. Um, 245 editions, five Tez. And when you get into live view on this, it's spectacular. For people who have not seen the project, it's one of those things that's like super cotton candy, super textured. It's all like inspired by like cloth and weaving of the cloth and there's like a cotton candy feel to it. Have you that pressed space bar? When you like get when you get to sp- 
press space bar, you get some really fun animations um, and just kind of like these endless cycle loops. It's super trippy. But it is super trippy and it's just so fun. Like I enjoy looking at it. Um, yeah, awesome. I, I, what did you pick? Some you picked. Some I got two. Too, I, I I'm into two of them. Um, and have you actually looked at her work on Hen? It's really no, interesting. No, I have not so, because again, I don't go to Hen. So I, as we've covered. Right. Well, I I follow direct links to it from her Twitter, and her. So her work is like she takes wool, like physical dyed wool, and then arranges it. This is this is from what I can tell. Arranges it into these like really nice textured you know patterns and compositions photographs it and then either just like lets the photographs speak for themselves and they just look but because of the kind of the fidelity of the photography and the way it's done it, it can doesn't necessarily read as wool or as physical objects but then some of them also get fed through you know like some ai stuff so that there's like some some funky trippy movement in there too so this is just you know it just seems like this was a collaboration on fx hash to kind of bring her style into the FX hash format. And I just wonder, I mean, she's got a lot of Twitter followers, but it, based on the reception, you know, it's still trading right around mint. Like maybe people weren't really that familiar with her, didn't really understand what it was, but I, it's definitely one of my favorites of the week as well. Yeah. I don't know. Like looking at it and just kind of the reception it was getting, um, for some reason I was thinking that it would follow more of the trajectory of Ivana mm -hmm. Um I mean, obviously Ivana Tal, like, released on Sotheby's. Right. So it's not always one for one, but to me, like the quality is there. It's when you look at it, you, you're like, you're immediately struck. And so I'm wondering if over time it doesn't kind of pick up and maintain its value just because it's something that's pretty unique on the platform. Like we see a lot of like uh, work that it's inspired by fabrics or by weaving or by looming, but like not, to like this fidelity right. um it's completely different it really does kind of meet that like code meets photography meets texture meets whimsy it kind of just ticks all these boxes for me that unlike a lot of stuff that i've seen here so far yeah and sometimes novel projects have a hard time finding their footing because there's no immediate comparison to make right um and it, yeah maybe maybe this one just needs time i'm hopeful for it and uh excited to see if they do something Somewhere in the future, or do more on FX Hash. Yeah. Um, cool. Can I? I'm going to do one now. All right. So I am going to throw out Atypical Lands from AQW Zert. It's Project Eight Eight One Two, and uh, this one, I think this one dropped right around another really hype drop because I saw some people who were like, "Oh, I missed minting that because I was too busy trying to mint this other one." It's an artist that I hadn't really been following. I'm not sure how many how many projects they had on the platform before this. I'm going to check real quick, actually. Do a little live check. So they have they have a couple, but the, the, the previous work looks really different. I mm -hmm. really liked this one because it reminded me a lot of Celestial Collisions, which was a project that came out way, way back, if you can imagine, in December. <laughs> uh, forever, forever ago. ago was super hyped, um, you know, blew up and has kind of collapsed since. So there's kind of the, the, the way it's kind of like drawn, presented, I, I find a lot of similarities there, but then it does this thing that's different to me where it's kind of playing with 
topography in a way that the more I look at the outputs, it's like sometimes the figures that look like they could be continents or look look very topographical in nature are very like um, nicely presented within the frame and you're like, oh, this one looks like a map. But sometimes you get like these nice curvatures and you get the idea of like a, a planet or a globe where the the continents, the the land masses are kind of projecting off of them. And there's just this really cool vibe to it. That's a, I'm doing my best to explain it. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, I was actually, when you made the celestial collisions comparison at first, it was kind of confusing because like at the surface, like they're completely different. You're right. That this is like more cartographic. It's like more um, sense of depth. Whereas like celestial collisions is very kind of, like two more 2d and flat in nature mm-hmm. like i guess as i'm looking at the collection overall there are some like really fun halo effects that kind of speak to some of like the um like the orbs and collisions but that is not a comparison i would have ever picked up I, on if you hadn't it's, mentioned it's it. mostly in the way it's drawn so like this one has this animation that i usually don't you know like but i think in this case it makes sense and i, I just like the that some of them are really, really well composed. I like some of that. Some of them are really more abstract. I like a lot of the color palettes here. There's only a couple that don't really strike me as being as reading that particularly well. Um, so I missed minting it and I've just gone through and the prices are really cheap. It's, it's still trading at like, I guess it minted at two Tez. It was, you can buy a lot of pieces at four to five Tez and some really rare ones. So I've just gone through and picked up ones that are, rare palettes and look really cool and um i don't know if there's ever going to be any run on these or future value but for the small cost and how cool how much how much i like the project it's like i'll just get some rare ones and have them in my collection yeah there are a couple of nice ones that you can get there's one that i don't know how you feel about it at below mint right now i just picked one. Oh, really at below mint there's one at one tez exactly okay, well, i might go grab that just go grab that. Uh, you're pumping your own bags and you know sweeping the floor at the same time. Okay. Yeah. What's your next? Anything one? else you want to say about my next one? Is uh, I actually didn't see it until I was kind of skimming through all the projects last night, looking at Discord. This is uh, OX Phil, the Steel Fortunes, which I completely missed this one. It's project number nine one four four. Um, it's one of those um, like fortune telly um, pieces that has just a random like s- a string of text on it that really uh, just gives you a message. It's your fortune, but the way it's presented, it's like in a very like Reese number one uh, type of format with like really great use of like these oversaturated colors, like on like a parchmenty background. So, like a ton of care went into like the actual construction. And like the, the the design of the piece, but then there's just like these really nonsensical like crypto like adjacent fortunes that just kind of pop out at you, like yeah, I'm looking at these. For example, right now. find someone smarter than you to say GM to. I don't know. I'm I'm really curious what the origin of all of these little slogans are. I wonder if they're actually cold from like other crypto media or if they're just funny little turns of phrase that the artists made up themselves yeah no 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 idea or if or like how it's constructed where it's like 
there are always like two parts. Like there's always like the the first part of the fortune, like the road to riches riches is paved with, mm. and then like a, another part. In this case, it's aping with other small brains, which I think is a really important part of the FX Ash platform. We are all small small brains that are aping together. Um, oh man, if this one was for sale, I'd buy it right now. You desire which uh, one? number twenty four. You desire retweets, and you will find it. That is what that you, is what we desire. Desires. Yes. Wow, these are so looking so, at these, they're really cool, actually. They are really, really fun. There are still 328 left on the market. So, I, if they were 0.5 Tez instead of one Tez, I would just be like, them all. you know, buying them all. Um, so, maybe I'll buy half of them all, um, given that they are a single Tez. There's just something about this that just brings me such joy. I love the colors, I love the textures, the way that's love the way it's laid out like would i put this on my wall probably not i'm not super into putting words on things but like would i send it to my mom in a text message Maybe. probably not because she wouldn't get the references but would i send it to you in a text oh, message yes. number 38 is priceless nothing is a ponzi yeah. if you had fun exactly okay i might have to mint some of these they're still available well they're well available there are yeah. so many available Cool. I'm glad, you know, this is one that I had seen. And then just because it had th this little jokey words on it, I hadn't even bothered to click through and investigate it. And it's, it's really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that this was actually brought to life. Oh, I thought it was somebody from discord, but it was somebody from a different discord. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go mint some, um, see if there's any on the market. It's just very yeah. fun. Cool. Thank you for that one. Um, I'll do my last one then. And this is one that I honestly thought that we would be covering in our main project discussion because I assumed it was going to sell out in a block or two and it, it didn't. Um, it's the second project from Damien Seguin called Stendhal and it's project 9122. Very, very different from their first project on the platform, uh, Windows, which was kind of you know, way back in early December when I first got on the platform. I remember this was kind of like that piece that everyone was talking about as a great long-term hodl like windows is so underrated like people really really loved this artist and you know clearly they're taking their time right it's been almost three months or what oh, two months since they last dropped something and this piece is it's a data project which is super cool to me you know kind of ever since ada started putting um, her work on the platform and opening up that possibility at fx hash it's really fascinated me I actually really like the visual. I know it's very minimal and can come off as samey to a lot of people, but I think that the construction of the little object is, is quite interesting. And yeah. I don't know, it, it's only minted 79 out of 256. I grabbed a few of them. Um, I grabbed one. I was like waiting for it to unlock just because like, this is amazing. It's going to go so fast. And, you know, from a, like a sameness perspective like i can see where people are coming from but you know this is also a platform that loves rev dancat's first drop mm -hmm. which is also like you know very samey it's circles and lines very kind minimal, of mixed together yeah. very minimal like when you have a minimal like drop it's gonna look a little bit samey it's guaranteed right mm -hmm. were you familiar with the book that this was based on 
I was not. I wasn't either. I've never heard of it. I, I read a little Wikipedia synopsis of it, and the uh, in 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 modern terms, the protagonist is quite epic. It's just a, a guy who goes around and marries women above his station and ends up in jail. So, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert. But yeah, pretty interesting. In my opinion, a really interesting project. Um, one that if you just, again, looked at the thumbnail on the Explore page, it might not draw you in. But by learning more about it, it becomes like, you know, reveals the layers of, of intrigue here. And hopefully some more people will That's be inspired to look at it. Yeah, but so the data visualization piece is not something that really pops off the page or it even doesn't really pop out of the description. I, I saw that some people were talking about, like, if you look into the code, mm-hmm. you will see that there's this thing that you can do. Did you look into that? I haven't looked at the code yet. Um, it's it's my understanding of it would be that the different points and lines and connections between them are some kind of way of representing like the diagramming of the sentence and then probably the color coding and angles are supposed to be representative of the context or what what does the artist refer to it as uh they had some specific terminology here sentiment analysis so you each okay. each piece actually has the sentence uh very lightly drawn like below at the yeah, bottom, the I see that now. It's in French, so your mileage may vary there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I maybe the red dot is supposed to represent the protagonist, and it's only selecting uh, sentences that reference the protagonist, and that's why you have this kind of common theme throughout. But mm-hmm. yep, I'm like also noticing like in some of the previews and it, most of the work that I'm seeing like. Like a like a orange or red uh, like triangle that is marking somewhere along an axis. It's not always pointing at like at the axis. Sometimes it's pointing away. I'm just wondering like if there's any like inherent symbolism there. So I think that there's I assume, a lot to think about. I assume it's designed. And if if I read French, maybe it would be easier to go through and look at all of these and kind of see how the angles and colors come into play with the sentence. Um, I would. I, I did high school French, but I'm not going to embarrass myself in yeah, public. We don't have to go any deeper on it. I just wanted to mention it as one of my favorites. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I know you've got one more. You've got another historical one. This is becoming your brand now. So I love the historical ones um, because I think it's nice to kind of go back, look through collections and just, you know, see what still speaks to you. Because I know that, you know, there's so much release. You said already, like there are 530 like drops this week on a, in a short week. So you know, it makes sense to go back and revisit the stuff that still speaks out to you. Um, the one that I'm picking this week is Uninhabitable by Iskra uh, Velichkova. Uh, for now, from here forth, known as just Iskra because it's easier. Um, this might be a surprise because I know that it's on a lot of people's like icon lists, like Grail adjacent, not quite a blue chip, but some color of chip just by prominence of the uh, the artist herself. But, you know, I've been seeing the the floor on this drop and drop and drop over the last few weeks. Um, whereas like over the break, you know, there were some really good steals in like the 90s, which felt this, like such like such a good deal. Now it's like in the 40s and the 50s. And 
uninhabitable is all about location, you know, like location, 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 as they say in real estate. And there are four or five core themes or variations of this. And they, the way that they're presented on the page really is indicative of the type of page of the type of location that they represent. Like my least favorite is um, the downtown one where it's like super chaotic, super messy. It's just like, it just makes me anxious to look at in a way, like very similar to like the hustle and bustle of, you know, a chaotic city. Um, But then as you get further down into like just cities or towns, like forests, like it just becomes a little bit less noisy, less chaotic, more serene. Mm -hmm. And then like the grail pieces of the collection are the nowheres where it's just the, like a fuzzy white or like gray noise that just kind of goes out to nothing. And it is so peaceful. It's so unlike anything that we've seen here before. And I don't know, I just love it. And just like following Iskra on Twitter, just everything that she puts out, it kind of has this like serenity and this like like mechanical nature to it. She works a lot with plotters. Mm, I've been seeing that. And so yeah. it's all about like the use of lines. Um, like to me, this is just amazing, 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 amazing. And I love it. Awesome. I mean, you know, this is one where I missed minting it and it was often been out of my price range and I haven't really done a deep dive on it so it's great to hear from you kind of what makes this piece special and it's also just amazing again to see just the the cliff that some of that these uh graily projects can kind of drop off of i mean the highest secondary sale 2000 tez and i think it was from zankin or another most likely but you know there's no green one here but grabbing a rare red palette um because I think this one came out very soon after Gardens Monoliths too. So Zankin must have been feeling pretty flush to just drop drop 2K Taz on a piece. Um, I often joke that he has like the infinite money glitch and can just collect whatever he wants. It's, it's how it's it feels just, sometimes. You know, sell a garden, you're good to go right. for another day. But yeah, man, some of these Iskras even down in the flourish zone, I'm seeing a lot of the ones you described, the more chaotic ones, but I'm also seeing some less chaotic uh iterations that look nice and if they yeah. fall a little I further mean, i, I think might that, have to consider it yeah um there were a couple of really nice ones like the ones that are the forests in the they're in the 80s or 90s to me those are really nice like the other like um variation or that she plays with is line weight going from like i think one down to 0.01 mm. And so like that also just kind of, kind of drives different types of quality throughout the work. Um, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't know if you agree, like I really don't like the, the one. It's the just thick. such a heavy line. Whereas like the delicacy of the 0.01, it just gives the pieces like a completely other quality. Mm. It's more ethereal mm-hmm. um, than just like hard and in your face. And so those are the ones I personally would love to seek out more ghostly yeah well let's watch it maybe we'll one of us will find the opportunity to grab another i know you've got a couple i've got none so i I feel like it's on me incumbent upon me to get one now awesome oh i mean that wraps it for mints of the week i think anything else well our favorite mints our Our favorite favorite mints mints. these are our favorites these are not necessarily right reflective of the the trends of the week 
Um, but now let's go into those, right? Project discussion, the big drops of the week, was... the notable drops of the week. Um, what is essentially newsworthy? So is there one obvious place to start here? There is one obvious place to start here. And I think that everybody was just over the moon, <laughs> unless you're Toxie, in which case you're very mad mm-hmm. um, about the Jojo to John, right. which I know is an artist that you follow a lot more closely yeah, than I Yeah, John do, Carroll. So. I, you know, G, when I first got into Hen, which was, you know, probably back in October, Years ago. yeah, you know, before FX Hash, and I was just casually collecting whenever I would buy a little bit of Tez, and um, I became aware of his Windows projects, and I was like, oh, these are, like, interesting, and they cost, a, you know, a couple hundred Tez, or even some of them would sell for, like, a thousand Tez if they were one-of-ones and stuff, and I always just thought that aesthetic was really cool. I really enjoyed collecting his uh, larger edition pieces that were dropped around Christmas. Um, so I have like a full set of those windows that, you know, you could mint for five Tez each at the time. I have a bunch of the Skelly, you know, randomly common Skellies that he did, uh, gifted one to you. Um, I know, the gayest I Skelly. The gayest one, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I get it. Like, I, I get that he might be polarizing because his work can come off as being derivative over time. And, you know, maybe you can, maybe you could have that opinion that some of what he does is cash grabby. I don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, But I think that all kind of came to a point with the release of this project, right? Which is called Gatorade and apples. And that was project 8818. This was very polarizing, even among like the John Carroll fans. Like, I think there are some people saying that, want to skip this one it's nothing like the skellies or the windows right. it's just so simplistic um it's just a still life yeah and, and i mean i'm happy personally that it wasn't a window or a skeleton right like i was hoping when he's announcing that he was going to bring something to the platform that it would be something different we got something different and uh you know the reality is it, it it's very much just a png swap project it used a pre-made template that a a coder put up on github that allowed john to put all of these different iterations of the objects in the still life in and and swap them around dynamically and you know did a did a really successful dutch auction at prices we've never really seen on fx hash before which i think is also one of those things where it's like the number of artists who put a lot of work in just to scrape out you know minting out their project at two tez or three tez to then see yeah. someone who just took this template, put what maybe if you're salty, you would characterize as like low effort into and get 82 pieces minted at 200 at, at a 250 Tez in the top tier of um, the Dutch auction. It's That's a pretty good day. It's a pretty good, it's day. A really good day. You know, to, to sell a bunch, you know, what was it? It ended up being about half sold between 250 and 125, and then the rest like went at 100. So previously, what Cypher yeah. had the record at 100, and then I think John so. comes along and just kind of crushes Stories that. Uh, but I think that speaks to, you know, like it's not just John released this and it was huge. It's John has spent like months, if not years, like specifically on Tezos building up you know a name building up a following Mm -hmm. and then like that in and of itself 
is work. That speaks to the amount of effort that has been put in on his behalf to really kind of create this following and just, you know, it. Seifert is wonderful and amazing and we all love him. He is our, uh, I, I don't know, he's the person that makes this all possible. But like his real claim to fame, as far as I'm concerned, is FX hash itself. And obviously he's a great coder and a great artist, like irrespective of that. But like John is like a, a couple of tiers ahead. At, at know, the very least in, in recognition. Of, right yeah yes and yeah you know we talked about this a little bit last week too in our discussion and i think that again any bad feelings you might have about the success of this project or the prices that it commands really shouldn't be focused on the artist it should be focused on the people who buy it right like if yeah. your opinion is that this project doesn't have legs it's it's not going to go the distance you know a year or two or 10 years from now you may very well be vindicated in that Right, but the short term is gonna is gonna prove you wrong because people are willing to buy a one a technically one of one John Carroll at these prices, and in fact, it's compared to the other one of ones that he's released, it's still you're getting a bargain, quite a bargain. And you know, we saw so you know just to kind of go through again the the day we saw it mint out at a hundred and in the in the not even the bottom tier, but that was kind of the tier it ended up going out in, and then the floor shot back up. It was under 20% listed for a while. Since then, more and more have gone on the market and the floor has dropped back down, but the floor is still above bottom mint at 140 Tez and only roughly 25% listed, which compared to some other projects this week is really good. <laughs> you know, that's like diamond hand status. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that we talk a lot about or like the trends that we've been seeing is that, you know, something will come out. It will be immensely popular for like the first day you might even see the floors rise for like a week or so. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, oh, I thought this project was at 100 Tez floor. Why can I get it for, you know, seven Tez now? That makes no sense to me, you know? And so like, there's really this cognitive dissonance between where you think a price is and where it actually is today. Right. And so I think that that's not necessarily healthy because that really speaks to the pump and dump nature of some of the projects that you see, like not through anybody's fault. It's just, you know, like the economy that we're living in on FX hash, right. right? I mean, NFTs, crypto, it's it's a FOMO driven market. And this is where this mm -hmm. is where patience and the seven day rule, whatever you think of it can kind of pay off because we, we're not even seven days away from this project and we're seeing the floors slowly diminish. Mm -hmm. When we get to next Tuesday or, you know, three or four days from now, is this going to be back to a hundred or below? I mean, I, I do, I do think this one rates to hold up better than others, just considering that still yeah. so few relative are listed only 25%. So, and also I think that's where having like an, a quote unquote name brand artist, you know, it's a safer hold, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, that John is going to continue to people out work is going to continue to be like well regarded by like the larger community and so it is a safer hold where you don't necessarily need to try to get rid of it as fast as yeah. you can if you're somebody who's in it for like the market economics you know move, moving forward i would love to see if john is going to continue using this platform um collaborating more directly with an artist like like a mark knoll you know or uh, a roxanne or, or or someone you know who's really held in high regard within the community and then 
maybe that will kind of dispel this like negative feeling that some people have, right? Like if you're going to come over to the platform, mm -hmm. involve involve someone who's natively a generative artist and like make something that truly speaks to the, 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 the spirit of the platform. Um, yeah. You know, I never had a shot to mint this. It was too expensive. If it gets super cheap, and for whatever reason, I've made some big sales. I would probably buy one, despite not personally loving it, just because it's maybe maybe my only opportunity to ever own a one of one John, right? So, and I would be approaching it from that angle only, and not so much from a like this art is indispensable to me. I have to have it. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be really interesting, like if John continued to mint on the platform. I, there's a lot of things that can be done. You know, this was 250 editions, but like, what if there was something that's you know, what we've seen with Mark Knoll, who we'll talk about in a bit, or like with the uh, the apes, where it's, here's a very large number. Here's a thousand, two thousand, five thousand. And it's like equal and accessible for all um, mm -hmm. like at a lower price point. Like, I would love to see something like that because it is, again, yeah. it kind of, it's much more like egalitarian, I suppose. Insofar as a crypto platform like FX Hash can be egalitarian because there's so many, so many barriers to entry. But that's a different conversation mm -hmm. altogether. I, I should correct myself. I guess I do technically own some one of ones because the randomly common skellies are technically one of ones, right? So, but there's so yeah. many like that project ran for 24 hours and did over 30,000 editions. So it, it it's very diluted. Um, but we'll move on. Do you want to just talk really quickly about the two kind of tongue in cheek <laughs> references? that came out after? Yeah, there were, the, the following day after the John came out, there were two references to it. One is with some something by a new artist called Not John. Um, it was Bottle and Apples. So it was a complete play on everything that John had dropped, where instead of having a Gatorade bottle, it was a wine bottle, but still still life with apples, with a knife, um, with like randomly generated patterns for each. It was like 0.25 Tez. Mm -hmm. So just totally tongue in cheek, got John's endorsement on Twitter and was like, I appreciate everything that not John is doing. Yeah. Um, it actually briefly pumped a little bit from up to like three Tez. Um, not surprised, honestly. People tend to like these types of projects, you know, these tribute projects. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah, homage. it's very satirical. I mean, some, sometimes if you look at the iterations, like sometimes the apple turns into a Tez coin. So there's definitely some commentary there. Um, and yeah. also just and how then, quickly uh, the artist was able to put it together, right? Within 24 hours, less than yeah. 24 hours, having a very similar looking project out speaks to me, to Maybe the narrative of like how much effort it takes to make something like this, you know? Um, so yeah, interesting project. Who knows? Uh, um, and E. Griga also put out, um, hash windows which is a tribute yeah. um, to, I guess, the Windows project. I like this one that a lot, John has done. It's still available. There are 2.2 um, Tez, still another 99 available to Mint. Mm -hmm. um, just made in Pico, an 8-bit window with all these different elements, You know, the, some of the classic John elements like uh, plants and clocks. Skeleton heads, S skulls. Skeleton heads. Yeah, this one is super cute. Some of the iterations look way better than others. And it, it also is like a... There's kind of this tradition on Hen, or there, there was, maybe there still is, of doing these homage pieces to John's windows. There's a lot of derivative windows that I think John either doesn't care about or just kind of de facto endorses. And 
this is I don't know if this is actually technically the first one we've seen on FX hash. Maybe someone did a window tribute project previously, but just the timing of this one was perfect. It, I would assume it might have been planned a little bit longer than this, and it just happened to come out the day after. Quite possibly. It worked it out. It worked out. So that was a lot on John. Um, where should we go next? Um, I think it'd be interesting to talk about maybe Mark Knoll next. Okay. Um, with the small skull flags. I think uh, Mark mysteriously put out on Twitter, like, hey, there's a small something releasing later today. So like no preamble, no hype, just a couple of hours of notice. And obviously skulls have been selling like hotcakes for the last few weeks. You know, not just the small skulls, the ASCII skulls as well, the 3D skulls as well. And, you know, we finally have a a new skull out in the universe. Yeah, rather than doing 2,000 editions at one Tez, this one was 1,000 editions at two Tez. And this is called Small Skull Flag Project 8987. And uh, I was able to mint two. How many? Yeah. Two. But you, you could have gotten more. You limited yourself I, to two. I thought, so I saw it going really slowly, actually. So I got up and I was like, you know, cleaning up the kitchen and then I came back and minted another and got up and did something else and came back. And then like the last, that the last 500 of them flew pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. What was your kind of estimation of this one? How much do you love it or not love it? Um, I guess it would be polarizing. I didn't love it per se, but I'm not a, a skull maxi. Right. Uh, as I know that some people are, you know, I think one of the, you know, the the big tributes that you can do on FX Ash is like you buy your small skull that is your PFP for mm-hmm. life, right? That is not me. Um, I think it's a really nice tribute to the skulls themselves, though, where it's like you finally you have like the flag that sits behind your skull itself. Um, I picked up three, shamelessly sold them all. Yeah. Um, I might regret that someday. I'm, I'm very happy to regret that someday. Yeah. Of but... the two I got, I have one sold and one still listed. Um, actually, I'm surprised because the, the one that's still listed I was at the same price. And I think I think it just looks aesthetically better than the one that's sold already. So I'm surprised it hasn't gone. You know, we've seen some... Yeah, but that's where like skulls are subjective, yes, exactly. right? And... Like people have their favorites. People like grays, people like gradients, people like the green ones. I'm not a small skull aficionado. You know, I have my one that I bought very speculatively at the beginning of December and, and I've been convinced to hold on to. So I guess I'm going to, I've vaulted it. I'm going to hold on to it. I, I, you know, for me, this project doesn't have the same novelty of the original small schools. I feel like a lot of the color combination stuff ends up really clashing in a way that's not, doesn't really suit me. Um, Whereas I think the original small schools, the way that they play out, there's less chaos there and you get this more unified thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking to sell here and uh, looking to regret it sometime from now. I'm sure. 100%. Someday these will be a hundred to be like, ah, what up? But you know, we, you took the profits. You can't be mad about that. Um, but I know that a lot of people are excited about this. So right. And and if you don't have a small school, if you're priced out now, it's a way to get in, 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 in some kind yeah. of like secondary or tertiary way. 
Absolutely. I don't really have much more to say about it. It's just interesting. It's kind of interesting. I, I had never really thought in my mind that Mark would go back to doing another skull drop. So that's interesting to me that he whipped this one out. It was a surprise. You know, nobody was expecting it. Oh. Um, so I'm not yeah, mad. I'm not mad. I'm glad it wasn't another windmill. Yeah, the windmill is not my favorite, but we didn't we didn't have the podcast going to, at that time, I don't think. All right, should we should we talk about the let's talk about the other really big drop, I think, in terms of just like secondary sales and quality. Oh, no, you're right. The one you're highlighting makes more sense to talk about next. I was gonna talk about Demarchi, but yeah, let's talk about Marcin Inyak. Urban Flora, Project 9129. So this is pretty fresh because this just came out yesterday, Thursday. And this one flew. This one flew. I only got one. At 512 editions, 32 tests. I assumed I'd be able to get two. That screams risk. You know, we were talking before, like when this was announced, and like that's a large number, that's a high price. Like you don't want to be underwater, right? I mean, for this one, so I guess my approach to this one and wanting to was it's been hyped for so long. I mean, I feel like we've been waiting for this one for a month. Um, Just every about. single time we've seen more of it, it's looking better and better. If you go into the comments on Twitter, it's just like a, a tier S tier artist after S tier artist, just like complimenting it. And, and even now post-release, like the amount of compliments it's Marcin's receiving and pickups and pickups. And yeah. pickups. Artists are loving this. They're buying this in droves. Yeah. But, you know, e- even though in the last week or so, he decided to double it to 512 editions, which is a lot, it still just got heavily, heavily targeted um, by Yeah, I think flippers. this, yeah, I, I was hoping to get it. Um, I had to open up a work call. Um, he unlocked this exactly one minute earlier than planned. And by the time I was like looking to get in on it, it was gone. Yeah, you know, I, like at nine oh one Eastern, I looked and was gonna hit the mint button and just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is and it was super interesting watching the trajectory. Uh, you know, I think the very first one sold in the nineties, but then quickly, which is typical. Right. We've seen some of that. If you're first to sale or like um, first listed, you have a huge advantage. You you set the price, right? right? But then it was a precipitous drop from there down to the fifties. And then into the forties, the lowest one went mm-hmm. for thirty nine, I think. Maybe even maybe even a little bit basically lower. Basically, break even. Yeah, after after the royalty and the fee. Actually, we can double check that right now. The lowest one was thirty seven point two. That's the floor. The lowest one was thirty seven point seven five. But then it kind of rebounded, and we. I was watching this one really closely just because I was so interested in this drop for the last month. We we went down from like one hundred something listed to ninety listed. And then the price started to turn back up because it seemed like no one knew was listing anything. And so it was just existing inventory and price tiers getting bought. And so we, higher and it higher, bought back yeah. up through the 40s into the 50s, a bunch selling in the 50 to 55 range. And as you're watching these sales click through on the sales feed, and I'm refreshing, it's like, well, we're registering more sales, but the number listed keeps going up. So there's more being added to the market than are being taken off and that trend has continued. So, you know, just this morning it's up to 165 listed. The floor is back down to basically break even range if you were to sell. And we have, what's the median, the median price is only 68. So that tells you that, that half of these projects are priced to sell. 
right? There are people who are really trying to, to make some kind of profit off of them. So 163 listed, oh, 184 already sold. So that puts us at 300-ish, 350-ish of 512 already like interacting on the markets in some way. So 60, 60 something percent. That's a lot. Which makes sense. I think that that's that tracks with what we would normally expect for a project like this, I, where there are a lot of people who are looking to buy and hold, a lot of people are looking to buy and flip, right? And then a lot of people who are also looking to get in on the secondary market, maybe pick up one that feels more special, feels mm -hmm. more rare, is green. Is green. I, um, whatever speaks to I you. I think it really speaks to between this drop and the Demarchi drop, which I think we should talk about next. It speaks to mm -hmm. if the combined forces of bots and just humans who intend to flip, you know, who don't care about the peas, the amount that they can control of a drop if they want to is really, really high, right? And so the fact that I could only get one, which I, at this point, I intend to keep because I don't want to sell it and then risk not being able to buy one, um, or I guess if it went to like 250 or something, I would, I would really look hard at selling it, but the amount that, that this kind of cohort of users can control if they want to is really high. Even on a project like this where the quantity is high mm -hmm. and the pricing you would think would be prohibitive to someone who was, you know, from a risk perspective, right? And some of them got paid, but now anyone who's still holding, anyone who's listing in that 35 to 68 range is really at risk of just not profiting. And I think we're going to see the floor keep yeah. falling. But I, I do think that we'll see this rebound. You know, I think that we've seen this sort of action happening with a lot of other drops, like caught in a void, I think is like one of the classic ones mm -hmm. that we talk about where it was heavily targeted, heavy, heavily flipped. And then, you know, the floors kept on getting undercut until it was half mint. And then it's mostly recovered. It, yeah. it is trading well above mint. Yeah. It just takes time actually like, lindau just went and bought a bunch under mint the other day okay. he went through and swept up some that were under mint um so it it's it, it had its crest back above and then it's kind of stayed in that mid-20s range and then a few of them have started to go below but yes as it's but the spirit of what you're saying it's symptomatic of the number that were controlled by people who really weren't interested in holding mm -hmm. and it creates this negative perception loop right so if i'm hyped on a project and I miss minting it, and then I just see the sheer volume on the market, and I see the floor is constantly undercutting. It it might diminish, even if I like the art, it might diminish my my haste to buy, right? Yeah, but I, I'm, what I'm, I think I'm also saying though, it's not just that, but that you're able to the the price recovers for the most part. It's not just the eventual undercutting to zero like we see on some of these drops, but you know, it really is carried by the weight that I think perhaps an artist carries, yeah. you know, like Lindau is, you know, like our star child of FX Ash for the most part, um, oh, not to put that pressure on we him. We should mention that uh, in the show notes, there's going to be a link to a Google document. So we're going to be doing an interview with him later in February, when I, in a, in a, probably yes. like a, what nine days or eight days from this recording so the 19th on the 19th so please if you have any questions that the spirit of this interview is going to be very much community questions and so submit them 
you know, we're going to do our best to organize them and re remove redundant questions. And hopefully the community will give us enough questions. <laughs> you know, right now we've gotten two submissions, uh, not very many. So please, if you are interested in having your question answered by MJ, submit through that Google form. Okay. But yeah, All sorry right. to derail and you there. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> Thank you for getting that in. Thank you for getting that in. Yeah. So uh, MJ Lindell, star child, caught in a void, is able to recover because, you know, we have such respect for Lindell, right? And the same thing for Marcin, who this is his genesis drop on the platform, but obviously, you know, has quite a large following outside of it. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like pretty bullish on the the mid to long term like I, I agree. of urban flora because it's loved by artists. You know, he has a lot of support out there just in the universe. And so I don't think that the floor will allow, be allowed to drop. You know, it's not like the type of thing where it's like, I need to get out of this project because yeah, I need to, I, like it's, I would expect, I would expect that as the floor gets closer to mint or even flirts with going below it, we'll see, we'll see people with decent wallets and, long views on collecting come in and mm -hmm. bring it back up. But, you know, also to them, they know how these trends go. So they're not going to buy it up from 30 to 60. They'll buy it from 30 to 35 and then let the undercutting continue. Right. So there is kind of this game that collect, like true collectors, well, well capitalized and, and collectors can play of letting these speculators, you know, basically serve them up art at cheap or, or relatively cheap. But yeah, so let's speak to the piece. It's very cool, <laughs> you know. But I think we all knew yeah. that. Anyone who's been watching it for a month um, in development knows that. I, I think the biggest surprise to me was actually how well it runs in my browser. I was kind of expecting it to melt the browser and crash, but all that kind of tuning to make sure that the rendering plays out in a way um, that isn't overly GPU intensive seems to have paid off, and it's super cool. I got a nice orange one. Um, I love the description. So, you know, beyond the market of the product of the of the piece, it's like obviously it stands out, and that's that's why we're so like perplexed by the market action here. I think because it rates it rate it rated to be such a strong winner of the week, and it's just kind of being depressed right now by the number of people trying to sell it. Yep. Yeah, but I think that's natural. Um, you know, look like thinking back to the piece, like reading through the description of it. You know, I actually really enjoy the message that it has, which is, you know, it's inspired by um, like the network infrastructure and like all like these poles and pylons and things that people are trying to insert into nature to make it feel like less technology and more of like you. you everybody has seen, I think, like those telephone wires or like the poles like that look like fake trees. I forget the what they're called. The old 3G towers. Now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're 4G towers. Um, Maybe they were repurposed, but I know what you're talking about. No, no, 5G. We're 5G now. No, we're not. Yes, we, we, we're officially at 5G. It's screwing up the birds. You can't put 5G <laughs> things near airports because the planes won't fly. Okay. Um, that's a separate podcast. But that's a separate podcast. Uh, but I really appreciate kind of this mixture between like the natural world and like the technological world that we're kind yep. of imposing on it and trying to find that like that mix between the two that's i also didn't know that this you could interact with this yeah you can spin it. it it looks so good flat it looks like you can't really play with it but you can rotate it you can zoom in and out um 
Yeah. It's just so well thought out from top to bottom. Great drop. Super, yeah. super happy to have one and excited to hold it hopefully for a while. Yeah, this is All this right. is a definite keeper. Well, we, we already already kind of talked about this one drop and I, I think, you know, to move on, Demarchi uh, has their follow-up to Asparaga this week. So that was called Bravura and it's Project 8676, 205 editions at 7.77 Tez. And the connection here between the two projects is again, like this one was so, so, so incredibly flipped. Um, Mm -hmm. On day one, my notes were after 12 hours of release, there was 91 for sale, 77 sold. So already more than half of the total quantity had been interacted on the market in some way. As of this morning, there are 40, 100%. Yeah, 47 for sale, 153 sold, adds up to 200. You know, Demarchi pre-minted five, right? So literally 100% of the release is either on the market or is, or is already churned through the market. And still, and this is the craziest thing about this piece, it, for any other drop to have literally 100% of the pieces, you know, obviously that's not literally, okay, not literally 100, but probably 90 plus percent. Because I guess we should assume that some have been bought and relisted. Yes, but, still, but on average, mathematically speaking. But mathematically speaking, to have this quantity in paper hands, essentially, for it to be holding a floor of 20 Tez, so almost 3x mint. I mean, any this other drop also really... mm-hmm. would just be at half mint, quarter mint. I mean, it would just be in the dumpster yeah. in terms of pricing. You know, regard- it's and just for insane. a while there, when... Like in the day and hour after it dropped, because it kind of released at the end of a mint window early on. So it was like probably very late in Europe. It was like afternoon in the US. Like the floor was like heavily skirting mint price. Right. I think it got down to like eight on a 7.7 Tesla. It got very low. Um, you know, I think that at the time we were all thinking, like, oh shit, this was incredibly targeted, incredibly flipped. Um, like this is a prime candidate to go below mint and this similar to the, uh, urban flora, it saw a huge reversal over the next, actually the next day, you know, where it slowly started to go back up and then like sales were just going in the twenties and thirties. So there was a brief window where you were able to get something at mint because of all the mm-hmm. undercutting that went mm-hmm. on. Um, and then once again, that inventory got up you know it that opportunity disappeared yeah it, it's it's wild you know this one was i was not able to mint it i think i just missed completely um and again this mm-hmm. just speaks it's very heavily targeted. heavily targeted so it really just speaks to it again like the demarch or not like the demarchy but like the marcine drop it speaks to how more or less at the mercy of the Bot, mostly botting, but the botting plus flipping community that like the typical collector is, right? Because a lot of people missed and then you're forced to engage in the market. And like in this case, at the numbers that we've seen, virtually all of the pieces ended up in the hands of someone whose explicit intent was to resell it. I just, it's just unde- it's yeah. just undeniable here. And so it just shows, and in part, maybe that's partially because it's 205 editions and it's so easy to control a piece of that small. This is This is one of the reasons I really like artists to take that risk and go super high in addition count with a burn because you take away the proportional strength of like owning an individual piece like the proportional relevance 
So if this was released at 2,500 editions with a promise to burn after a certain amount of time, you know, we probably would have minted more than 200, but I don't think you would have seen nearly this percentage in resale. No, no. Like, I don't think that we've really seen any big resale on anything that was burned, um, with the exception of a stitched trauma by Pepe, which was not burned because a time frame had collapsed, like elapsed. It was burned because, you know, somebody saw something that was too similar right, the and the algorithm had thus like reached its, uh, its peak. And so it was burned by artists for those reasons. Yeah. And let's let's just so, speak to the I, piece I think this really is interesting to watch. I mean, yeah, it's a super cool follow up to Asperga. Asperga, it's just like an amazing abstract piece. I don't personally love the animation here. I want to like kind of get to the finished product. But if you're into watching how pieces draw, you kind of get that as a bonus here as well. Um, and I did end up buying one that matched the Asperga that I have in palette. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had this like duo that I could in, in the future where I can ever hang up my digital art i could have those side by side yeah i was almost gonna get a really fun like green one in my favorite color at just a little bit above mint but unfortunately it sold while i was finishing my pondering about whether i should mm -hmm. get it so uh i didn't like any of the other palettes near floor so it's somebody's breakfast time it sounds like no just there's a dog um, in the hall that passes by and it triggers him um yeah, so that's DiMarchi. And now I think we have a... I love this move towards abstraction. I love it. Like literal abstraction. And, and I think this is the rare case where, you know, an abstract piece gets embraced by the community, right? I, we've talked about how it can kind of be difficult if you're making abstract art to find a footing on FX Hash. And I think because it's a lot of collectors don't necessarily have a ton of experience in art history and that kind of collector knowledge to evaluate, but... Here it seems universally people are like, yeah, this is a good one, and we're buying it, and we're we're holding it, holding holding uh, or supporting the, you know, the floor on it. Yeah, I think that the last uh, three to four drops from Demarchi have been just yeah. fantastic. I'm excited to see where they go. Uh, yeah. And apparently, there's like Hopefully... a website coming that's going to give a lot of in-depth explanation um, as well. So I'm excited to read that. Right, should we should we whip through? I mean, I mean, I know that the time cop in me and the fact that we're recording this before work, we should kind of whip through kind of the remainder here as in a quicker fashion. I think we've covered like the big hitters of the week at least. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw out just one that I wanted to mention personally as someone who's been following the artist for a long time, but Quentin Hochdi finally broke through this week with meditation. When I first came to FX Hash and had no idea who was what, like I ended up just gravitating towards a lot of his early work, which mm -hmm. um, to me was like very simple but very effective. And I like more abstract, minimal stuff, and I appreciated that. You know, it never really did much in terms of secondary value, and he's released a ton of stuff since those early December days. But this one really broke through. It was just like, just happy for the artist, you know. Really happy yeah. for the artist. He kind of changed up his form here a bit and, you know, had sales up into the 60 Tez range. Like Galaxy bought some. The floor is at 10 Tez. I think this is like the first piece he's had where the floor is meaningfully above the mint price. And just like, you know, golf clap. Like, nice work, dude, and keep it up. And that's all I kind of want to say about it. It's <laughs> just kind of mention like, this is an artist who's been putting in the time and the work, and you can break through, right? If you just keep kind of pushing mm -hmm. yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say that um, Quentin had like a previous kind of breakthrough moment with some of his earlier works. I think Sienna specifically was the one that was has been called out. Um, that with Rio. So some of the early pieces that are much more uh, kind of geometric. And they abstract. don't have floors like this, though. They have... they don't, but they did briefly. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, somebody put out a Chris Wallace put out a, a list of like drops that he really respected. And Sienna was one of the ones that was like blue chip adjacent, um, yeah. which is it's huge. But I think that list has aged think well. It has not aged well um, at yeah. all. And it also has not been updated by Chris. So, you know, I know that Chris is busy with his own projects, but yeah, that looking back at that list now, I think there's a lot of kind of cringe picks on that list. And I'm not saying that that pick is necessarily cringe, but it's just like. No, I mean, but it was a different time. That list came out in like early December, late November. And so obviously we've seen like thousands of years worth of art drop in that, in that period of time. But you know, I, I think that after that came out, like there was Quentin became one of those artists that was initially very heavily targeted. Yeah, heavily targeted, um, but was putting out a lot of work. And suffered for it. Yeah, and also you know? the frequency with which he was putting out work. And it just kind of, I think everyone kind of cooled on it for a while. You know, here and there, he would have one that sold out, but then a lot of work that didn't sell out. And again, just you love to see in this modern time with the, just the sheer volume and, and how much more discerning the collector base has gotten to see him breakthrough like this um and it's a cool piece if it comes down a little bit more i'll probably buy one i totally totally missed it yeah i mean it, it sat there for a while i'm not gonna lie yeah. um it was at the start of mint but i think that's one of the things where when you're somebody who's not just looking at the art but you're also kind of thinking about what are the dynamics behind it you know is this going to just immediately drop you know there's a level of risk assessment that is definitely not sexy um, when you're thinking about art from a qualitative, like, like it's not quality sexy. perspective. <laughs> yeah. Per perspective. Um, but, you know, I think there were enough people that were able to look past that. Yeah, clearly. And sometimes it's good stuff. Like, the good stuff is the good stuff. And it's important to take risks on things that you believe mm -hmm. in. Um, even though, you know, I've, I can't say I've been burned by Quentin in the past. That that's like no, because usually false. it's so and also just inexpensive to mint it too. That yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, this is this is just really nice. Like I think that maybe sometimes the previews don't do it justice because we've seen also a lot of flow fields, yeah. right? Um, like they had a big moment um, late last year, and so I think that there was a, maybe some fatigue. Totally. And so people tend to like, you know, we all have like implicit biases um just like oh it's another flow field whatever but then once you actually start digging in you know the it's the quality comes through and i think that there's where not all flow fields are created alike there's some that explode and for good reason yeah you know i mean more more than i expected to talk about this piece um but yeah Sorry. check it out no 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 it's good it's fine so look we're we're vibing um what what uh i'm just you know time cop Time cop is getting sensitive. So where do you want to go next? Um, I think that, you know, we can talk briefly about the Needle Under Nail, mm -hmm. uh, Project 9128, Oceans of Anxiety, 256 editions, 10 Tez. This was one that you had been, like, sending me links to for a couple of days beforehand. You know, it's, like, really strong like i'm not going to say mountain view vibes but you know sine wave me movement like 
texture love vibes. Yep. Um, and you know, like one of the things that you had mentioned is that, you know, this is like being heavily followed on Twitter, like hundreds of people are liking like the works in progress that are being put out there. Um, and at 10 Tez, you know, it's like, that's a lot, a lot there. Um, Huge jump from you know, the previous work too. They had done stuff at like 0.5 Tez and then the previous project was three mm-hmm. Tez and then taking this one up to 10 Tez. Like, I think they knew that they had something special on their hands here and priced it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, 91 for sale, 91 for sale, 125 sold. So of the 256, we're at 216 that have hit the market. So 80-ish percent. So just like I got one, I tried to get a second one, I missed. And that just shows how many, how much competition there is from people whose intentions is just to purely sell. Um, yeah. And also the floor is currently eleven point nine. So we are almost back to back mint. To mint. I, I would expect it'll keep kind of dropping under. And in particular for this one, you know, not being an artist as well known as like Marcin, um, the piece, is, I, you know, I think my one criticism is that at 256 editions, you do kind of start to see a lot of the color palettes showing up over and over again. And it doesn't really create meaningful differentiation. Whereas like similar mm-hmm. pieces, right, that kind of play with like minimalism um, tend to be like under 50 or under 100 editions. And I would, I wonder if this had been like a 50 or 100 edition, would we see, we'd be seeing like, I or I have to imagine we'd be seeing a floor much higher because there'd yeah. be a little more like picking would become a bit more of a curatorial experience and there's not going to be 20 green and blue ones to pick from. There might only be like three, right? Yeah. So I still think it's a really amazing project. Um, I just really love the way it looks and it doesn't make me feel sick, motion sick, which is great. Uh, it's a it's a very vibe driven project for me. Yeah. Um, again, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I'm glad that you're happy to hold and look at it. What color palette did you get? I think it's a fairly common one, but I got like this greenish blue metallic one that's okay. floating. You know, floating. No pun intended. Around. Um, so I like it. I haven't I haven't shown it to anyone else yet, but. Put it up on the TV. Enjoy Get it. Get a TV, then put it on the TV. Yep. Yes. All right. So let's let's move on to the performance art piece of the week, which was Ipsketch Orbits 9145. So really only need to mention this because what they did was, um, you know, this new piece is very much a companion piece to their last drop, uh, Echoes. Echoes. And... They have hand-minted all 215 editions, and they intend to distribute them one at a time to everyone who holds an Echoes, and that's it. I mean, they took a snapshot before anyone had a chance to move on the market, which I think is smart. You know, not not doing this airdrop in such a way that it would spur on a bunch of secondary market activity. Very ethical and cool of them. And just over the course of hours, watching them slowly mint it and post updates on Twitter, and now they have to go through the, the grueling practice of distributing them one at a time to everyone's wallets. Um, maybe in a future iteration of the contract, doing something like this will be easier, but for now to see an artist commit to hand rolling it like this is, is funny and cool. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's a commitment. Yeah. Let's, let's just and it, put it it's that a, way. That's so many blocks of time. It's a smart move by them because I do think if they had released this to mint, 
it would not have done as well unless they had gone super cheap on it because it is very very similar to echoes in in spirit and um this type of release makes a lot of sense for it yeah cool absolutely uh ecker do you have any strong opinions on heavy light or do you not want to talk about it um I don't have any strong opinions on Heavy Light. I know that it was well regarded by Ken Consumer, yeah. whose opinion I respect very much. Um, again, this is one of the ones where I actually think that the drawing patterns and how long it takes to fully form, just, I got, I have like, I don't know, internet-based impatience. Um, and so I just didn't have the, the patience to kind of sit here for 30 seconds. Yeah. And, watch it fully go up but i do agree that it's really really nice um it's a good follow-up work to a lot of what they've been doing to date you know where like cartwheel and strokes they're really playing with like that brushstroke effect in the background um and just kind of taking a a new angle on it where it's more about like the refraction of mm -hmm. light and kind of playing with like depth and space and like kind of these like monochrome like palettes um that i think is really fun yeah i think it's really cool i was really looking forward to it especially after you know hearing ken talk about it and looking at what was shown on twitter then when it was i think i think ecker pre-minted a few of them and it gave me the opportunity to like kind of flip through and uh it also minted very slowly and so i watched as they kind of revealed and you know, unfortunately for me, like I kind of have a hard time getting past some of the sameness on the project. I saw some form factors that just looked like they were just mirrored, you know? Um, and even if the, you know, as a one of one, like just looking at one out of context, they look amazing. When I look at them within the context of the collection, it kind of turned me off from minting or buying just as a thinking as like a long-term collector. Like I think that type of thing could hurt the project but it is so it is so cool and it's like such a nice piece and i kind of hate to say that i have that opinion of it but you know it's our show so i can i, I think, can say it <laughs> i don't know like i think i can see where you're coming from with like quote unquote sameness but as you look at more and more pieces in the collection like what type of varieties are there are a lot of different types of varieties it's not just circles and lines it's curved lines it's straight lines sometimes there are no circles yeah. involved um and so that's something that I like appreciate. Yeah, no, no two are literally the same, but just some of them have such mm -hmm. striking similarities that they kind of it kind of feels like either a little, you know, I don't know, it could, could have been maybe smaller edition count to make some of those similarities show up less frequently, or maybe there is some tuning. Like it's hard to speak to as not having looking at the code and not being a good enough coder to like really know. Um, but that's just kind of like where I landed on it. And I know that'll be disappointing for Ken to hear. <laughs> I'm expecting the DMs shortly. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's what, it's good to have opinions or else we wouldn't have any conversations. Yeah. So, so let's see. I mean, we had, we had three here that we had listed as just like continuations. Like we had another Metamorphos drop from Metamorphosis. We had another Everlasting Building drop. We had some more W Blue drops, Isofrag, Generator 2 and 3. So I guess mm -hmm. if you're fans of any of those, you can go check those out. Um, the Metamorphos drop in particular kind of went really well until the reveals showed the thumb, thumbnails so the not thumbnail. working. So the reveals work, but the thumbnails don't. But that's a bummer because it's a very thumbnail-driven economy. And so 
Metamorphose three is going to be airdropped to Metamorphose two holders. Which so I guess that's one a confirmation that they're going to continue with the project and two a nice make good for people who are affected. But not not too much to say about any of those. I mean, if you're familiar with the artists and their work, then you probably know about them already. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start wrapping up. Yeah. You know, there were some other good drops this week. You know, there was another Rallin arc that we don't need to talk about. Nudaru came out with a another tree. Um, well, not another tree of his, of his, but another tree in the in the another tree on the platform. Apologies, another trees. tree on the yeah. platform. Yeah. Um, anything that you're looking forward to in the coming weeks? I'm the only thing I'm looking forward to in the coming weeks are not really FX hash related, but I'm excited to see, you know, now I think I've kept saying like the next M Soriara drop is coming. Well, it is coming, but it's going to be on art blocks. So I'm very excited to see how that goes for him on Monday, the 14th. Yeah. Valentine's day drop on art blocks. I'm going to start at five ETH and it's going to kind of Dutch auction down from there. So we've already seen some people buying up uh, aprendizajes and some contrapuntos kind of in advance contra floor has risen yeah. so much yep. in the last week or so it's crazy so i'm just excited to see an artist like that crossover you know yazid is also has something on there but i don't know exactly when that's going to go for sale mm-hmm. yeah i think we're, we're seeing some more of the crossovers like these are artists that were not on art blocks before you know they are more fx hash yep. like uh, born and bred and obviously they're doing work well before fx hash was like created but um when it comes to these big generative art platforms, you know, it's interesting to see that crossover. And I think it, maybe it'll speak to, it'll bring more people over as like there's the Genesis drops are all over here on FX house. We hope. So excited to see that. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, we should say that they're not art blocks curated. These are on like the art blocks playground or whatever they call it. The, the more open submission one, but still, I mean, it's a, it's great to see artists from a, our side jump over there and kind of test the waters and build awareness, right? Like I do expect, or I do hope that it will go super well. And man, Apprentice Ahes is just so undervalued, I think. And that's an easy floor for someone from ETH to come over and sweep <laughs> for sure. So yeah, let's, I know, I know we're time sensitive. Um, we're not going to get to our topic, which maybe is good because the DAO discussion is so complicated and it might need its own standalone episode or something. It's just, I can see us talking about it for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> at least. Yeah. We'll see. We'll track how as how that goes. If there's any more information that comes out, we'll continue to coalesce our thoughts yeah. around, you know, the token, the DAOs, the curation, all of that really fun stuff. Um, in the meantime, I'm looking forward to Rexon. I think he's oh. going to be releasing on Sunday with a Dutch auction. Yes. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then, as always, I am eagerly awaiting the next William Mepin. Can't wait to not be able to afford it, um, assuming it comes to FX hash and not uh, another platform. Yeah. TBD. I mean, we've been teased on that one for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Cool. So, I mean, I think that wraps it for this week. Uh, Exciting week, despite the shortness of it. Some really interesting stuff to talk about. I hope everyone enjoyed. Thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, we will be back in one week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how else to sign it off. I'm so bad at this. All right, later, Trinity. All right. Thanks. All right. So long. Bye.